welcome to the Everybody Podcast. Here, we'll dive into all things health and mindset to help you learn to push past your limits into a life you can be obsessed with. My name is Cassie, and I'm a personal trainer and health coach focused on guiding you toward being your healthiest, happiest self. So buckle up and let's dive in. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I hope you had an awesome week and it is Monday again, so you are ready to get started on another amazing week. I am going to let you know that my voice may sound a little scratchy today. For those of you that follow me on social media, or maybe I've mentioned it here, um, I've been coaching two different basketball teams and I coached two basketball games today. And so if you've been to basketball games before, you know it's loud and coaches have to yell and raise their voice so players on the floor can hear them. So anyways, please forgive any little scratches in my voice as we go through today. But today we are going to spend the episode talking about my absolute favorite thing, which is sleep. I'm kind of joking. However, if you ask anybody that I live with, I never pass up an opportunity to take a good nap or even like a very short nap. (laughs) And I get eight plus hours of sleep every single night religiously. I absolutely prioritize my sleep over just about anything else in my health routine. So that makes you know how serious I am about my sleep (laughs) compared to everything else that I take and do during the day uh, for my health. So But before I preach to you about sleep hygiene, because I do want to give you some tips and tricks at the end of the episode, if you're someone that has a hard time falling asleep, or maybe you've just never considered a bedtime routine before for yourself, um, we'll get to that. But I really want you to understand what happens when you sleep, not necessarily the dreaming or the phases of the sleep cycle. We could definitely cover that in another episode, but what actually happens to your brain and your body. So the first thing I want to cover is probably the most important. And I remember listening to a a podcast that was for kids a couple years ago with my daughter. We listened to it before she goes to bed. And it explained going to sleep is like doing laundry in your brain, right? So if your brain were the laundry, washing the laundry. So during the day, your brain gets full of, let's call it dirt, right? Like your clothes, not literally, but stick with me. Like, When your clothes get dirty, if they don't get washed properly and you try to wear them the next day, they are not going to function the way they were the day before. And if you continue doing that day after day, eventually they won't serve their purpose anymore, right? They need to be cleaned. This is also what happens to your brain. So throughout the day, your brain starts to hold on to waste. And the only time it can really rid itself of the waste is when you're asleep. So it's pretty simple. Less sleep means more waste in your brain, which decreases your brain function and health. And get this, according to sattva.com, two proteins, beta amyloid and tau have been associated with Alzheimer's disease and dementia. So these two proteins are part of the waste that builds up during the day and get cleaned out when you sleep. And studies have shown that people with insomnia and sleep apnea are more likely to develop dementia. Now, this isn't to say there's a clear connection of sleep reduction and Alzheimer's, but 
it is accurate to say that getting adequate sleep is important to remove these chemicals from your brain that are toxic to them. Now, cleaning out your brain overnight also leads to improved ability to learn, memory retention, especially your short-term memory, better problem-solving skills, better decision-making, hello teenagers that try to stay up all night, and improve your ability to focus and concentrate throughout the day. Now, I'm sure these are some things that you already know about, but let's take it a little deeper. So the next thing to consider is your emotional well-being and your mental health. So I don't know if you've made this connection before, but when you sleep, studies actually show that your brain activity increases in areas of your brain that regulate emotions, specifically your amygdala. So that amygdala controls stress response and reactions. And when you're sleep deprived, the amygdala will tend to overreact. So you become more fearful of situations, more stressed, and more reactive to situations than when you're not sleep deprived. So letting that amygdala kind of get cleaned out overnight and refreshed and ready to work the next day is super important for your emotional health. And I think we all know that this is kind of like a chicken and an egg situation, right? Like if you have some mental health issues like depression, anxiety, sometimes that can actually lead to insomnia, right? And then if you're not sleeping, then your brain isn't getting refreshed. And so it's like around and around you go, right? So if you're somebody that does live with depression or anxiety or some kind of mental health um, disorder or dysfunction, Sleep is really, really important for you, and you probably know this already, Um, but finding a way to get yourself good quality rest can make a huge difference in your emotional health, for sure. Now, next thing I want to talk about is weight management. Yes, those of us who sleep better have an easier time controlling the hormones that regulate hunger. So get this, there are two hormones that control hunger. Okay. Ghrelin is something that actually increases your appetite. So as your stomach starts to get empty, this hormone gets released and it tells you that you're hungry and you need to eat. And then there's leptin. Now, as your stomach starts to fill up, this hormone leptin gets released and sends that signal to your brain to stop eating. Well, when you sleep, Ghrelin decreases because you aren't active, right? So when you're not being active, you don't need to eat as much. You don't need caloric intake the ways you do when you are being active and or when you're awake. So even when you're sleeping, you need even less caloric intake than if you're awake and not doing much um, because there's just a lot less function of your body going on when you're sleeping. Well, what happens is when you aren't sleeping well, your ghrelin actually elevates, which means the amount of hormone in your body that tells you that you're hungry elevates and is more. So you're more likely to eat too much and to eat more. And actually that ghrelin suppresses the leptin. So that hormone that tells you, no, I'm full, I need to stop eating. So overall, you will be hungrier, which actually will increase the risk of eating more calories and gaining weight. And you probably can think of a time in your life when you've actually experienced this. I know I have. When I don't get a good night's sleep, that day afterward, I definitely am craving 
like all the things and I just want to eat and eat and eat all day long. I've noticed this myself. Um, I'm really drawn to like high carbohydrate type foods and sugars and things like that. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe you can think to a time where that's happened to you as well. But I definitely know the days that I am tired and haven't gotten enough sleep. I am drawn to eating way more than the days when I have slept well. Now, um, according to healthline.com, they posted a research study that shows that chronic sleep deprivation even as few as five consecutive nights of short sleep may be associated with an increased risk of obesity, metabolic syndrome, and type 2 diabetes. Now, this is just insane to think about, but it's also empowering, right? So this whole podcast is about you living a healthier, happier life. And think about this. If you can just work on getting better sleep, you can reduce your risk of diabetes and obesity. That is so cool to know that you have some control over that, isn't it? Now, some other side effects of not sleeping include reduced immune system function. So your immune system is what protects you from getting sick and or when you do get sick, it helps you recover faster. Now, lack of sleep will make your immune system less able to function, meaning you're more susceptible to picking up an illness and or injury, or you are slower to recover from being sick or from an injury or from surgery. Now, because of my background in physical therapy, I've worked with probably hundreds of people that have had um, joint replacement operations, right? And other operations as well. But One thing that is really important, especially as these people tend to stay in the hospital less than 24 hours now, is that they're getting good sleep. And then, you know, there's all this back and forth about um, the medications that doctors give and things like that. But in those that first week, you need to take the medications that your doctors prescribe to you to help you get good rest because getting one good night of sleep after a major surgery can be a huge difference maker in your recovery, in your ability to, you know, do your exercises and your rehab the next day and all of that. So definitely after a surgery, you need to take what the doctor prescribes for you and make sure you're getting good sleep. And I have been told I'm a pretty poor patient when it comes to things like this. Because what happened to me was I had a knee scope done. This is like, I don't know how many years ago now, six years ago or something like that. And I was trying to be tough and saying, I'm not going to fill these meds. I don't need to take them. I'll be fine. And like after two or three nights of just horrible sleep and pain, I had called a friend of mine who was a physical therapist I worked with. And I'm like, oh my God, it's so bad. And the first thing she said to me was, have you been taking your medication? And I'm like, no, I didn't fill it. I don't feel like I need it. And she said to me, Cassie, get someone to fill your prescription, take it and get some sleep and call me after you've slept. And no kidding, I filled my meds, took them, took a really good nap, got a really good night of sleep, and I felt like a whole new person the next day. So know that sleep is really, really important for your immune system function, especially post-injury or surgery, for sure. Now, lack of sleep is also associated with risk factors for heart disease. So 
not getting enough sleep actually puts you at higher risk for heart disease and or things like high blood pressure, increased inflammation. It actually elevates your cortisol levels, which is not good for your heart, can lead to weight gain. Weight gain is not good for your heart either and can actually lead to insulin resistance. Again, not good for your heart, but also is associated with that type 2 diabetes, right? So overall, sleep deprivation can cause mood changes, anxiety, depression, memory issues, poor focus and concentration, poor motor function. We didn't even touch on that. But you know, when you're tired, your reaction times are slower. Um, You're obviously not as able to like exercise well, and or even just like go through daily activities. Sometimes you feel like you're just moving through sludge, right? Um, Fatigue, obviously, I mean, you're tired, (laughs) weakened immune system, weight gain, high blood pressure, and chronic diseases like diabetes and heart disease, and actually increases your risk of early death. So here is again, back to the reason I started this podcast in the first place is I want to help as many people as I can prevent chronic disease and illness so they can live their absolute best life until the last possible second that they are physically able to. And if you can do that by just improving your sleep hygiene, what an amazing world it would be for you, right? So again, I think we, so many people just approach their health as a way like, oh, I don't have any control over this and stuff happens to you and and then you just have to deal with it. No, you can be in control of your health, your lifelong health. You can be in control of that chronic disease state. And how simple is it to just work on getting a good night's sleep consistently and how much you can improve your health just by doing that? So we are going to now finish today's episodes with me giving you some sleep hygiene tips and tricks for better sleep. Now, some of you may struggle with falling asleep at night. Some of you may not doesn't matter. I'm just going to give you my little spiel, what I would give to just about any one of my clients um, and talk through this a little bit. So number one thing is routine. And I talk about routine so much when it comes to physical fitness, right? Like we've, I've had done a whole episode on morning routine and an exercise routine and all of those things, but your sleep is the same. So your evenings, so generally look the same and follow the same schedule. Like you start your sleep or your bedtime routine at the same time every night. Now think about this. If you're a parent, right, you have been working on sleep routines with your children since they were born. I mean, how many people obsess over their babies sleeping and sleep training their babies? And that's a whole nother story. I won't get into that today, but it's the same for you as adults, right? So your evenings should look the same. Ideally, you're spending about 30 minutes before bed going through your sleep routine. And this could include things like taking a shower, brushing your teeth, washing your face, you know, all of those self-cares that you do. But also think about adding in some gentle stretching or yoga to tell your body it's time to relax. So really, you're trying to reduce stress, um, reduce, you know, lower your heart rate, lower all of those things so that you can relax and fall asleep. And adding some stretching or yoga into your routine, it could literally be stretches you do in bed for like three to five minutes will send a signal to your brain to calm your body down. 
Some people like to have a cup of tea in the evening, obviously not caffeinated tea, right? Um, but a chamomile tea is nice. Um, that warm liquid is very soothing to your body. Uh, think about adding in something like reading a book or writing in a journal, maybe drawing or coloring, anything that's not on a screen, right? So you've probably heard this, but screen time from TVs and or your phone or your tablet will actually do the opposite of getting ready for bed. So um, not to mention that most of the time nowadays, people are on their phones or their tablets, and typically they're on social media. And social media just floods your brain with information that causes anxiety and stress for the most part. Um, so the last thing you want to do is be scrolling through your TikTok or your Instagram or whatever it is a few minutes before bed, because all that's going to do is cause problems in your sleep hygiene. Now, when it's finally time for you to actually go to sleep, you need to make the commitment to sleep, right? And I know this sounds funny, but some people will tell me if they can't fall asleep, they'll get up, they'll turn on the TV, you know, they'll read their book, they'll go out in the living room, they'll come back, they'll try again. But really, when it's finally time to go to sleep, I need you to make your room as dark as possible. Now, I understand some people like a little nightlight on, which is okay, but room darkening shades, um, as little light as possible, those kinds of things. As dark as possible is the best thing for you. And then you need to also make it cool. So sleeping in a cooler room can actually help improve the quality of your sleep, which is great for us who live in these cold environments in the winter because I always have my heat turned down in the evening and I also feel like I'm saving money at the same time. <laughs> but anyways, dark, cool room is the best place to sleep in. Okay. And then when you are actually falling asleep, this is where you need to commit. You need to lay down and close your eyes and commit to not getting back up. So even if you can't fall asleep, I want you to lay there with your eyes closed and not let yourself get up. And the first couple nights, it will be a struggle. Your brain will be firing. You'll be thinking, this is dumb. Why do I keep laying here? But I promise after a few nights of telling your body and your brain that no matter what, your body is going to lay there, it will start to fall asleep sooner and easier. Now, one thing that I absolutely love and use quite often is progressive muscle relaxation. And this is a form of meditation, really. Um, you can find some that are recorded, uh, you know, like on YouTube or whatever. I actually have um, one on an app that I really like. Um, but pro progressive muscle relaxation is um, like a guided meditation that starts at the top of your head and works like through the muscles in your face. It tells you basically it's like relax, you know, relax your eyes, relax your cheeks, relax your mouth. And it works your way all the way down your body, all the way to your toes. And I swear that before I get below my knees, I'm always asleep. It's something that once you've listened to a couple of times, you can kind of do on your own. Um, but like I said, I have a recording that I really love to use. And so I use that quite often, either falling asleep, or if I do happen to wake up in the middle of the night, and I can't get back to sleep, I will turn on that progressive muscle relaxation to help me back to sleep. Now, some other things to consider, obviously, are your caffeine intake, right? Um, you don't want to be taking in caffeine, you know, within 
five-ish hours, maybe a little more before going to bed. So if you're someone who gets like an evening cup of coffee, and I know I sound like a huge hypocrite because I used to drink coffee all day long, all the day into the evening, but I don't do that anymore. (laughs) The latest I have a cup of coffee is maybe 3 p.m. and that's on a really rough day. Um, Usually I nap instead of coffee now, but... um, you know, lay off the coffee, the caffeinated tea, sodas, drinks, uh, you know, after probably like 2, 3 p.m. is probably the latest you want to have something. And if you're really sensitive to that stuff, you know, like noon might even be better for you. Um, Think about how much you're drinking. You know, if you're someone that's getting up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, especially more than once, that's not necessarily normal. That means you're either taking in too much water or liquids before bed or maybe there's some public floor health going on that needs to be addressed. But reduce the caffeine, reduce the liquids, reduce the screen time, you know, all these little things that we like. Um, Thinking about eating before going to bed isn't necessarily the best thing. So you want to give your stomach, you know, at least an hour or two to settle before going to bed. So if you start you know, if you're someone who has like a bedtime snack, you could call it and eats right before bed. Um, really, what that does is your body has to choose to do one of two things, either let that food sit in your stomach all night and not process it or process it really, really slowly, because obviously, um, your body isn't in the mode to do that properly, or you won't be able to sleep because your body's going to be right sending all these hormones, including things like insulin and ghrelin and things like that, um, to help you process that food. So reduce your intake of drinks, caffeine, food before bed, reduce your screen time, pick a time that is your bedtime and turn your lights off at the same time every single night. Um, this is really, really important. I know too that if you're someone that works second shift or third shift, obviously this stuff is a little bit different for you. Um, but that is where a routine really can come into handy too. Like if you're someone that works at night and sleeps during the day, having that routine of coming home and going through these things, making a cool, dark space for you to rest in and laying down and committing to closing your eyes and being asleep. Um, is something that can work out really well for you and maybe even be like priceless in the end if you can really get it uh, to work for you. Now, some people do use supplements and sometimes I also will use a supplement as well if I'm having a hard time going to sleep. So I am someone that is not against using some melatonin. That's something that I typically um, will use to fall asleep. You can get melatonin in um, anywhere from like one milligram to two to three to five to 10 milligrams, I would consult your doctor and ask what they think is best for you to use. Um, Melatonin is also something that is usually safe for younger kids to use. But again, consult your doctor beforehand. Now, if you are an adult, meaning you're 18 years of age or older, the bare minimum amount of sleep you should be getting is seven hours a night. That's minimum. Really, seven to nine hours is still appropriate for adults. If you are looking at the teenage years, they need to be getting up to 10 and those preteen years up to 12. And the younger they get, the more sleep they need, right? Um, So let's do this. Let's commit to a sleep routine 
Figure out what that looks like for you. That 30 minutes before bed, what is it? What time are you going to start it? What time are you going to turn out your lights? How are you going to create the best possible sleep environment? I will say that if you have a pet or an animal, um, as much as it's nice to snuggle them, sometimes it's better for them not to be in bed. I know when my dog's in bed with me, um, he holds the blankets down and I can't roll over or pull them over. Um, Also consider your sleep partner, right? Like if you have a husband that snores, not saying that I do at all, but, um, or something like that, that can interrupt your sleep. So it's not just about falling asleep, but it's about staying asleep. So finding all those things that can help you fall asleep and stay asleep, um, all the adjustments that you can make possible. And for those of you that are having sleep troubles, uh, there are definitely resources out there for you uh, to get some help with that. But I hope that these suggestions help. You know, you can always reach out to me on Instagram at everybody with Cassie and send me a DM if you want to talk more about sleep hygiene, or maybe problem solve anything that you've got going on with your sleep. But I hope that this episode was really helpful for you. And I hope it helps just kind of nail home that importance of getting enough sleep to help you take care of your brain, right? You only get one brain one time and prevent chronic illness, right? Let's stay healthy and live as long and free as we possibly can. And if by you, by getting seven hours of sleep a night can do that, you are going to be on the right track. I look forward to hearing from you. Please share this episode with a friend, especially if you've got someone that's having trouble with sleep um, and could use some of this advice. I appreciate you listening again, and I will connect with you next week. Talk soon. Thank you so much for listening. It means a lot to me that you are here. It would be amazing for you to share this episode on social media and tag me in it. Can't wait to be back next time. Talk soon.